Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking all about the Pirate's Life update, and with me, as always, I have the stowaway, Caleb. For whatever reason, every time I blunder this guy off of my ship, he gets sent back to it. Part of the crew, part of the ship, I guess, at this point. So uh, without further ado, we're going to do the Patreons and then jump into the news. So let's get to it. This week, I want to thank all of the patrons that went over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast to donate, to give their, their uh, hard-earned cash to help support this podcast. It means the world to me. And as such, I want to make sure that I give them the credit that they deserve and giving you their names and what they are doing on the ships this week. We have quite a couple of alliances going. In ship number one, galleon number one, which I'm calling the, uh, we're going to call that the rust rusty rusty nail we've got bentley beaver chateau Neuf, chris horn and cosmic johnson over on the port side cannons el jefe esteban trickster jabaro kazia the rogue are all on the starboard side cannons lumpy srq dub dub goose um evil morpheus and xbox mike 29 are all sorting the barrels to make sure that we're ready for a fight munch uh yeah munchy papa fuzz regis stella and rust belt kid are all helping make sure that the sales are in order tn professor big bad pad meta fairy and super pack are all splitting duties between the helms and raising the sails then we've got on our other ship which i'm going to call uh the the brigantine of doom We've got Davram TV, Fergatron, Straw Hat Connor, Deck Deku, Windsor Chris, and Zamwow, all making sure that not only the cannons are in check, but the barrels are in order. They're sticking worms away from the fruit like it should be, and Windsor Chris is actually helming this time. So thank you all for your support. It means the world to me. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this. We are having our Pirates of the Caribbean fourth uh, movie watching in the middle of this month. Uh, as of the time of recording, it's 4th of july uh we should be doing the the actual um uh what's it called we should be doing the patreon viewing uh i think on the 17th and the 18th and then we're gonna have the uh the the recording the next week uh for the the community episode since this falls in a weird uh, uh this this month falls on a weird way for the weekend so uh that's going to be subject to change if you have any questions or concerns you can always reach out to me on patreon or in the gold hoarder channel channel if you're one of the gold hoarders uh pirates with that let's get to the episode Caleb, how are you doing? Good. Sorry, I had to just dry off a little bit here. I I got on the boat and somehow I don't notice how, but I got like shot off or something. I don't know who did oh, yeah. it, but I just got finished climbing back up on the ship. I'm sure it was an accident. It's, it's those pesky, pesky flame heart ships, you know. They Aww. knock you off all the time. We just happen to be near them. I actually uh I right clicked on Flame Heart's head and uh muted tab which is why you probably didn't hear him <laughs> imagine if you could just like mute all other crews and that muted flame heart yeah that would be pretty nice he's just sitting there like moving his head and trying to speak to you and you're mm -hmm. like ah oh, oh, this is what arena was meant to be like right let, let's, let's... <laughs> how dare you sir <laughs> well that joke was better than the one i was gonna make so we can move on <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we've been uh, playing through the Pirate's Life uh, update. I've been having a, 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 an absolute blast with this update. There is way more, I think, Sea of Thieves lore in this than than Pirates of the Caribbean lore. It's it's ironic that people are coming to this for the Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm coming to it for the Sea of Thieves uh, at this point because I've 
I've enjoyed all of the tall tales. Um, I think that there's some criticisms criticisms to be laid down about them. Uh, I don't know that I want to get into those as this early into the update because I'm mm-hmm. still trying to 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 gauge how I feel about them overall. Right now, it's like I'm still in that honeymoon period, sure. And there's just been a a ton of stuff that's that's come with these updates. So, um, before we jump into those, I wanted to see if we could dive into the actual patch notes because we've actually gotten a significant amount of uh of of stuff and updates that I wanted to try and cover mm-hmm. um before we we kind of like discuss the the lore aspects and uh playing through the tall tales and general feelings on that cuz I think that's going to be the main chunk of okay. what we want to talk about and I wanted to kind of get people up to date with the the actual news news as opposed to just hearing you know how I feel about you know tall tale 3 or tall tale 4 that kind of stuff sure uh, you said so. that um, you get a lot of Sea of Thieves lore in there. It's funny because a lot of people were talking when after the announcement, how much is this going to be the Sea of Thieves lore and how much is this going to be Pirates of the Caribbean? We, we, I've heard you yourself say and other people say on your show a couple times, like, when are we going to finish Flameheart? How long has he been in the sky? Can we get more story? And then when they said, hey, pirate story, Everyone was worried. Oh, we have to wait even longer. It was actually a pleasant surprise to me that, oh, no, no, cool. There is Sea of Thieves lore in here. More Sea of Thieves than there is other stuff. Cool. Good. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy with the, the, and it's funny too, because I, I, as, as happy as I am with the Pirate's Life content and, and Disney coming in and kind of like allowing Rare to use the IP, everyone, seems to keep bringing up the oh my god rare uh, you know disney is super protective even i was saying it's disney is super protective of their ip they're not going to allow this you know there's a there's a standard that there's that's going to have to be met or or did disney's going to get upset and you know don't angry the mouse kind of thing and i don't feel that with this at all i feel like rare has has had full autonomy of what they're building and given that this is like pirates of the caribbean ip you you could have at some point completely supplanted most of the characters from pirates of the caribbean with other characters and i think that the tall tales would still work in the world and i've been very impressed with just the the way that they were able to actually take the ip and make significant impact to the world uh Mm -hmm. with familiar characters and kind of find a reason because if you looked at like one of the tall tales that was purely kind of the the disney pirates of the caribbean ride that wouldn't make sense without pirates of the caribbean uh ip but because of it you're you actually have this kind of through line between the different tall tales like most of the tall tales are pretty sea of thieves oriented but having the little the little tie-in with uh, pirates of the caribbean really has done some justice to kind of bringing those tall tales together acting as like the cohesive the cohesive glue that that takes you from why you're in the fairy of the dam to why you're in this siren stuff to mm-hmm. why you're back in the fairy and kind of moving in from there first one very piratey the second one mostly see it easy third one very piratey fourth one and fifth one you, you then it blends it together so it gives you a break going back and forth yeah yeah it's it, it it's interesting because you get little things that are from both in all of them like even with the the first tall tale you you have like the pirates of the caribbean ride 
flavor, but you're totally playing around with the sunken captain all the way mm. up until you actually start fighting the Dutchman. Yeah. And it's and it's it's like it kind of has that that balance. They're trying to build a balance between the tall tales itself. And then, like, for example, the the sunken pearl tall tale Two. uh, you know, you're going into these coral f- reefs and these fortresses to go fight these sirens. But you're doing so because you're trying to find the black pearl. And along the way, you're you're finding the silver blade. And it's just like, oh, and then at the very end, it's like you kill the siren queen. But then you go and you free the the crew of the pearl. And it's like they they find a way to really kind of always bring you that balance of like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're playing Sea of Thieves, but if you're a Pirates of the Caribbean fan, you're going to have something that that still kind of pulls you back in. And I think that I think that blend is just done so, so well. And it's in and you don't think about it because it feels natural. Like you you get done with Tall Tale 2 and then you bust open the uh, the mermaid statues and there's Gibbs and Anna Marie and Scrubs and, and you're just like, oh. Oh yeah, I, I forgot. This was all Pirates of the Caribbean based. We were going for the Black Pearl, but right. I've been fighting sirens and ocean crawlers this whole time. I almost forgot. You know what Tall Tale 2 has really taught us all the importance of? That Patience? Uh no. Uh maybe, <laughs> but uh the importance of code names when they leaked a couple of the Tall Tale names on their own site, this one was called the Sunken Crystal. Instead of the oh, Sunken that's Pearl. Funny. And if that was the sunken pearl, I think people would have guessed that a um, Pirates of the Caribbean mashup was coming. That's funny. See, I didn't hear about that, but it does correlate with what uh, one of the interviews with Joe Neat and Mike Chapman said, where they had gotten really good at codenaming their content so that it was less obvious for what was coming down the line. And hearing that story from you, actually, that it it's that's perfect that's so brilliant um before we <laughs> we're, we're slipping into it caleb we are we can't we can't go into the tall tales yet i want to get through the patch notes sure uh because we finally we this is a big update we got season three um right off the bat a lot of these are going to talk about the tall tales which i'm not really interested in covering most of that but i did want to touch on some of the things that we are seeing in adventure um, how did you feel with the, the, the development of the ocean crawlers, the sirens and the ghosts? Are you, are you happy with these new three elements as, as, uh, threats in the world? Yeah, we've been asking for new enemies for a long time and it's very exciting that they, they jumped in a bunch at once and a mix between sea and land threats. It wasn't just like, okay, fine, we've added crabs to the game is everyone happy now it's like no we've added a bunch of stuff take that and uh it's funny i remember uh, one of the previous episodes you were on uh, i was on you talked about uh the the players saying listen we know you've got content just give it to us you don't need to give it to us all at once but it is so nice when it all just does come out at once there's there's positives and negatives to both sides but this is so delightful like they announced this whole update is my favorite way developers announce things. Not hyping you up for, they're not selling you an idea like they're in a boardroom and then you, us suckers, pre order an idea that might never come. They're like, we're announcing Pirates of the Caribbean and Sea of Thieves and it's coming next week. That, like, it's reminiscent of like Nintendo saying, and Metroid 3 is out right now. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah, it. When that stuff I happens. love that. So, Ghosts, um, sirens have you have you been playing around i mean we've been playing 
together. So I know we've encountered some of these. How do you feel about sirens as a threat in in the the Sea of Thieves? We got we we had a really interesting fight the other night. And even you were kind of frustrated with that we were we were dealing with sirens and not coming to help with the ship. <laughs> but was oh yes, I, that literally happened like very not very long ago, and my memory's so bad I forget exactly what we were doing. Oh yes, we were being attacked by another actual player ship, and you guys were farting around with sirens. Yes, of course. Uh, I was just I was just play angry. I wasn't really angry. Ha 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 ha. Sirens are fun. They're cool. Uh, they attack me every time I do a lost shipment. They don't like that. Oh, 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 oh. To not answer your question at all. Do you think, lore question, <laughs> sirens are the reason lost shipments, uh, the shipments are getting lost? I think that, the, uh, y- y- no, actually no. Because no? a lot of the... No, because a lot of the uh, the the manifests, the map that you get, the notes that you find, talk about how they they get distracted or they're being chased by stuff, and the, a lot of that tends to get explained while you're doing the actual. I know you don't. You just look for the 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 seagulls and you go to the seagulls. You don't. I know you can't read, but in the in the actual <laughs> things, you can actually see that they're talking about like, oh, you know, I'm, I've I've been drinking too much and and they're they're veering off course or or, or we got to get back you know and they they tend to explain that there was there was zero mention of sirens um mm-hmm. with the lost shipments that's that's a really good point you know when i first did them uh i uh i guess i had someone there to read it for me and this person mm-hmm. read to me like uh you know hey uh we we saw spotted a megalodon at c17 hopefully we can get past it and I went to C-17 to get the clue, and a Megalodon popped up. And I went, holy crap, this is awesome. This is the Megalodon that attacked them. And another clue I got said, I think I see a mermaid statue at the at the bottom of the ocean at you know D-12. And I'm like, yes, and I go to D-12, and I can't even get to the bottom of the ocean. I'm like, oh, oh, I just got something by happenstance. That was a coincidence. It would have been really cool if the things you, they talked about when you got there, that stuff would happen. Oh, we got hit by a ship and you go there and a skeleton ship pops out or is roaming the area. That would have been so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved to have had that emergent threat actually triggered when you're going about mm-hmm. doing those lost ships because the lost shipments themselves are pretty, pretty straightforward in, mm-hmm. in, in a sense. Like you don't really there's not really anything really happening during those. You're just kind of hunting down the the ship and following the the breadcrumb trail mm-hmm. but to, yeah to have those uh emergent threats kind of the same way that you do the vaults uh voyages when you do the vault voyages if you if you follow the compass when you go and you dig up a a, a mission there are gold skellies that pop up uh that usually drop stuff yes. um like little trinkets and whatnot um which i know is something that you wanted to bring up uh about something that we were working on last night but they they pop up emergently because you're digging up that that quest portion or that map portion of uh of the quest and that kind of takes you on lost voyages doesn't really have so much like that mm-hmm. um which is kind of a shame i guess but, it's just got the loot that floats in the flotsam yeah which is very rng like yeah uh, yesterday or the day before i got like six or seven crates out of one flotsam which is not usually the case but this sounds like a tangent it sounds like you asked me about sirens and somehow we're talking about lost shipment design uh, sirens true. are cool. Um, I like, I'm a very cosmetic, uh, a visual kind of person. I like how there's a male and female variant. I think it would have been really easy to just do all females. 
Um, but you know, we got male and female mermaids, so why not male and female sirens? Uh, I think they're really cool. I like how the sound design of them. Um, they sing a version of the mermaid song when you're when the mermaid pops up to bring you back to your ship. I'll refer to those as mermaids, and I'll refer to the enemies as sirens, just to be clear. So they sing a variation of the mermaid song, which is cool. Uh, I think they're awesome. I the the drops are RNG. I kind of thought, oh, every time I killed the boss, I get a trident or the leader. I think they're called. Uh, but it's okay that they don't. They're just RNG dropping their their siren gems. But I think they're really really cool. They they overlap a little bit with the sharks. Like I remember, I should have taken a screenshot uh, when we were raiding a lost shipment and just looked up as I was swimming up, and there was like six sirens and four sharks. And I'm like, I didn't know you could have this many enemies in one spot. See if these engines, what's happening? Uh, and I don't think they were attacking each other. That would have been interesting. I guess they That's, live, yeah. exist. Uh, that but, was that was going to be a question of mine is if they actually attacked each other because we've seen a lot of the other enemies on islands mm-hmm. that are mixed actually attack each other like we've seen i've seen uh ocean crawlers attacking skeletons i don't believe so but it was so chaotic it may uh, i may have missed it uh so but they overlap a little bit i'm the kind of guy that would i would want to to minimize the overlapping give them like a, a specific purpose like last time we talked about them being ambush predators uh which uh i guess we all call the mermaid update but it wasn't necessarily a mermaid update even though that was there's a lot of siren stuff involved in this update uh so yeah i'm i'm still in love with my own idea because i'm a narcissist i guess i would have loved them to, to have an ambush role they're just an, an an enemy in the water role but that's still good it's still to have variety we all got tired of just skeletons on the land and and we're not upset that now there's other things that overlap with skeletons because it's a nice variety still would have liked them to have maybe a little bit of a different purpose or or uh encounter area i've been pretty happy with them uh, I'll be honest, they, the ranged attack with the uh, captains and the sirens uh, using a little bubble attack, the bubble attack has been really interesting to kind of uh, figure out just how much damage those the, the tridents do, but also how the, uh, the how much damage you, do, you get dealt from the actual bubbles and stuff. It feels like a flintlock, but you've also got the, um, the mermaids that come up and they'll claw you, which is a, a really interesting thing. Like... Y- I think about that with the skeletons like skeletons will they'll claw you if they want but no you know they'll they'll lunge at you with their their hand but it feels more visceral coming from an actual mermaid or mm-hmm. a siren compared to a, a bunch of skellies and maybe that's just time has has whittled away the the sting of a of a skelly attacking me considering we have lords now they're definitely the most uh fun encounter to participate in because you have the three-dimensional space along as well dealing with a lot of sources of damage like you said they have the multiple attacks there's another variant the leader who has multiple attacks there's zones they'll zone you out of when they're doing their healing bubble that also hurts you like the mermaid statues hurt you and then there's also you having to deal with if sharks appear and drowning so you're managing all these things at once three-dimensional space all these uh sources of damage all these variety of attacks it's maybe the most fun battling you can do and if you jump yeah. on your ship they're not very threatening but you still are seeing uh bubbles and uh siren blast shooting you know diagonally up at your ship and if you're harpooning which is the only reason to be you know sort of not moving your ship and still being in the area of those mermaids they're going to be hitting you and knocking you off that harpoon as you're trying to get that loot to get out of there yeah i've been really really happy that i'll i'll be honest when i hear the siren music 
I catch myself 100% starting to like spin around and look all over uh, <laughs> the, the siren song itself. Because much like sharks, sharks don't really, they, they don't really announce themselves. Like you can see them coming sometimes, but most of the time you don't know that they're there right. unless they actually bite you. Same thing with the sirens, except for the sirens actually announce themselves. And I think that actually instills a sense of dread in me whenever I hear it, because I don't, I can't hear when they're coming uh, the way you can with any other f- creature in, in Sea of Thieves. Like if, if skeletons spawn, you can hear and pinpoint exactly where they're spawning mm-hmm. uh, because they're so noisy coming out of the ground, which is is a really good indicator and also kind of takes away some of that fear of when is something going to pop up, which is why when skelly kegs could run uh, as fast as players it was really scary because if you if you didn't catch them mm-hmm. spawning, they would sneak up on you, and then you'd hear that cackle and that that fizzle of the of the keg, and you're like, "Oh crap, this is bad." Um, so when I hear the siren song, it's it's kind of nerve wracking for me because I I don't know I can't see where they're coming, and I'm constantly spinning trying to see like where they're gonna spawn from. If I had to change one thing about them hey caleb you just got hired at rare you get to make one change to them i would take a suggestion uh, i heard from somebody else with because we'll let me say this differently I, I think they should have an anti-ship attack and the specific anti-ship attack i heard from somebody else uh really really helped me come really was a great solution because i just it was a quandary i'm like what could they possibly do his idea was that um they put holes in your ship and they their arm sticks through the hole and slashes about wildly. So you have to beat back the arm to repair the hole. I think that would be an interesting anti-ship attack. But I do think they need some sort of anti-ship attack. Doesn't it feel like something that you'd see in a zombie flick? Like you'd see yeah, a little bit. the hand like popping through and you just sl- you're slamming the door on the hand to try right. and get, it, get them to stop. It's like Resident <laughs> it's, Evil 2 when you walk by the windows in the police station and all the arms bust out. Oh God, that was one of the worst. I hated that so much. I was always like, if if my if Jill could lean up against the wall and kind of stutter step along the wall, I would have done that. But not. <laughs> God, yeah, that mo- that that game was almost almost got me to stop playing Resident Evil games. It was so good back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit on Ocean Crawlers mm-hmm. uh, because I I've noticed we've we've already. <laughs> believe it or not we've actually been going for 20 minutes and we we've barely touched anything mm-hmm. um so ocean crawlers uh i've absolutely i love these in the tall tales i think the big crab lord guy is amazing uh, <laughs> i've been very impressed with how how tanky he is but also how much damage he deals and how that's completely negated by uh just like it, it's like they took the stereotypes of of rpg enemies and they they perfectly crafted them into ocean crawlers. You've got the the uh, kind of brutish um, melee guy with the with the the crab uh, or not the crab the um, we would call uh, that the tank. The well yeah the 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 crab is definitely the tank. I'm I'm speaking to the clam guy oh. who is like the melee guy, but he has to charge in like he is the warrior type. Sure, uh, he has to cha- he has to charge in. He has to do his his poison cloud. Uh, to damage you He's and you can DPS. burrow under the ground yeah and then you've got the the crab lord who is is definitely the tank he he deals a heavy amount of damage if you get in range and he can he can kind of uh shell in i don't what what would you call their healing process 
Well, I didn't know it was a healing. It just shields them and all their allies. But yeah, mm-hmm. he hunkers down, gives them all shields. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, something I love about them. Um, but yeah, they like his ability to kind of like go into a reclusive state uh, to shield them, which I I've tried to actually kill a couple of the uh, electric uh, eel mm-hmm. crustaceans. And that's that's tough when they got that on them, man. Usually they're the yeah. they're the high damage ranged uh, with a with a fast. Actually, I'll tell you what the charge that the eel crustaceans do does a fair amount of damage uh, mm-hmm. if if you get hit with it. And I was not surprised by that. But both of those character, both the the clam bond or the clam enemy, uh, clamshell enemy, and the electric eel enemy have charges, whereas the crab lord doesn't. Uh, and I was kind of surprised by that. Um, I, I think there, it's a great variety, a great visual variety. Like you said, we got the crab enemy. Everyone can stop complaining. Uh, we got the the clam guy, and we got the the guy that actually looks like a person wrapped in in an electric eel. Uh, really yeah. cool, great visual design, and they each have different mechanics. The clam burrowing underground, the clam having a very low damage uh, over time around it, the eel being able to do some range attacks. As well as, uh, you know, give a little electric shield to all his allies that you got to disperse before you get too close. And of course, as we talk about the crab, who's got the very close range sort of mini explosion that you can outrun if you're fast enough. Or he can hunker down and shield all his allies. And there's that little, okay, does does the, do they all have a shield? I, I got to go find the hunker down crab and hit him to knock him out of that. Okay, do they have a little bit of electric around him? I got to shoot him from range before I move in. Uh, things like this uh, great always be able to good to have to juggle the different mechanics they're a lot of fun to fight together i love them i think they're absolutely great what a great refreshing change in fighting skeletons all the time who have the same slash dash or shoot attack oh wait some of them have kegs it's great to have this great variety and in each counter having the variety of all three it's what we've been asking for for a long time and it makes going to islands a lot less stale love it and yeah. You get a reward once RNG sometimes they'll drop the gem in their chest. Wonderful. Yeah. That that's actually something that uh is is so interesting that we because I I, I want to dive in a little bit on the lore of this because uh there's a lot that I think I'm going to be talking about over the course of the next couple months but the 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 statues, the mermaid statues that we've been destroying um which I've constantly called into question for years now. Foolishly have i though (laughs) yeah i disagree but uh the the mermaid statues um in in the ocean crawlers uh in one of the tall tales that the siren queen actually talks about how the ocean crawlers used to be land dwellers and Mm. they were given an opportunity with the bounty of the sea uh to become ocean crawlers and they're they're loyal because of the siren's song and I think it's interesting because if you look at the the sirens heart that they drop, uh, those siren gems have a spiral symbol kind of like uh, in the actual gem. And if you look at a lot of the the tall tail or if you look at a lot of the etchings in the coral structures where you're dealing with sirens, a lot of the sirens themselves have spiral shapes for heads and it leads me to this theory that the spiral shape is Sea of Thieves' representation of a soul. And 
the way that you destroy or once you destroy any of the ocean crawlers if it drops that gem that gem is the soul and that the reason why you see all these mermaid statues out there the reason why those don't have uh, uh spirals in them is because the statues themselves used to be people and through this curse uh are no longer who they are that's why when you destroy them you aren't freeing them and pirates come out of them the way they do in in the second tall tale uh they're still at a they're at a stage where the soul is gone all that's left is just this little power source this little statue of power uh that drops a gem and the gem is then worthless to sirens but is still valuable to us so this confuses me a little bit i'd love to hear you help me work it out uh I do love environmental storytelling and we seeing just seeing like the gems in the chests of all the sirens and in chests of all the ocean crawlers. And you're like, where have we seen gems in the chest of red, blue, and green gems before? Oh wait, the mermaid statues, mermaids, mermaid statues, all mermaid themes, you know, this great environmental storytelling and you can gather, okay, these are cocoons. These are chrysalis. And as they mature, you the thing inside will turn into an ocean crawler or maybe a mermaid. Um, I think that's great storytelling, but it does it confuses me a little bit because when we break uh, the characters out in Tall Tale Two, you know they they're 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 perfectly fine aside. You know they talk about oh I heard this song it was so sad I was overwhelmed by it you know as they were being transformed, but they're normal they're normal people and when we destroy those same looking statues in the world, nothing comes out. Yeah, I think I, I'm a little confused. I think it's the opposite. I think instead of it being like a a crystalis or or a cocoon, uh, I think that the curse because I I don't think that ocean crawlers come out of the mermaid statues. I think in in to use a, a a reference that you and I will most certainly understand that other people may not if they've never played StarCraft. I think the mermaid statues are pylons. Okay, so I think that would be sailors get cursed or are trapped and that they become mermaid statues and that eventually over time the soul will leave and all that's left is a power source and that power source is in the source of the gem and then they and shove then that gem into things like crabs the, to make them monsters yes uh or or that the the gems uh that don't have souls in them are used to power things like the statues that we use to unlock doors in Tall Tale 2. I don't know, because we see... Mm, I don't know. I don't... It's just a theory. So the, I, pirate, I'm, I'm, so the pirate transforms into a statue via curse. The statue matures the gem until it becomes a siren gem, which they can use to enhance their siren's powers by putting it in their chest or you know, craft their servants of the ocean crawlers. I guess that that's just as valid as it being a cocoon and and the thing coming out of the statue would be the ocean core, which was my assumption. Either way, destroying the statues is a good thing. What do you want about that? We should be questioning it. That it's a good thing. You're stopping this this evil, horrible process from happening. If I was being turned into a gem that was going to be used for evil, please somebody stop that. Or if I was going to be transformed into a crab, well, that should be pretty cool. But regardless, you should probably stop that. So this is where I wish. Um... I had more time to kind of parse out my thoughts. Uh, It's so early in the update that I've been, I've literally outside of what we sailed last night, I have been playing 
every all any time that I've been playing, and I've been playing pretty much every day. I've just been doing the tall tales over and over and over again because mm. I want to listen to what they say. I want to read the journals again. I want to go through the experience because each time I do, it's like watching. It's it, like doing these tall tales is like watching Fight Club. You can watch Fight Club the first time and totally enjoy it and totally get sure. everything out of or totally, uh, you know, watch it for what it is. But when you go back and you watch Fight Club a second time and you understand the turn, you understand that reveal, uh, the prestige, you start to pick up on cues sure. as you watch it. And that's what I've been doing with the Tall Tale. So like as I've been playing through Tall Tale 2, for example, uh, when you first start swimming down to go look for the Black Pearl, you hear the we shall sail together song mm. but the lyrics are different and the lyrics are being sung by the siren queen or the quote-unquote mysterious voice until she reveal or reveals herself and the song that she is singing is literally the devastating uh situation that the merfolk were put into that turned them into sirens mm -hmm. but i didn't pick up on that the first time I just I just was sailing or I was just swimming down sure. hearing the song and putting the lyrics that I'm used to in in place of what was actually being said. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, I've been going through each of the tall tales, trying to take notes. Uh, everything has been very stream of consciousness as I've been playing through that, um, even so much to where I uh, like I, I wanted to bring up the reason that I got to this was uh, a plague had stopped their song which was all they were and that was a, a line from the actual siren queen and they talk about a whispering plague that that came and the plague stopped their song which That's was just a great what, term the whispering plague yeah well the so that was the thing their song i think is the noise that's made from mermaid statues mm-hmm and that is the source of their power. That's how they remember things. That's how they how they have that kind of. And a lot of this is kind of grifting off of that StarCraft II reference of pylons for the Protoss being the source of power, but also crafted from the souls of uh, of, uh, of of Protoss. Mm -hmm. And it's that idea of like. And and I know that there's StarCraft players over and over at Rare too, so I know that 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 idea could totally have been a thing that popped up, and they went with it. Uh, but they talk about this whispering plague coming in and and uh, and and taking their song. They've talked about a plague that stopped their song. I think that the mermaid statue's song is the thing that is giving them power. And I think us killing the statues is what has robbed the merfolk of their power to remember. So and do you mean the merfolk or do you mean the sirens? I mean the sirens who were gotcha. merfolk. Okay. I think the two are the same. I think the difference is because we've seen lots of etchings in Tall Tale 2 that show that there is a process of pirates turning into merfolk and oh. and them being like there's uh there's the cave paintings that also show this, especially on like Discovery Ridge. You'll see like there's a two week time frame and, you know, because it goes from like a crescent to full moon uh, above them and it shows the 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 evolution chart of a pirate turning into a into a mer person mm. and subsequently always around there there's two types of mer people there's the people that have the staff that is being used by the mer folk who send us back to our ships who look more human and then there's the other staff which looks like the trident that is being used to attack us 
from the more fish-like merfolk. And I think that the merfolk are still the same as the sirens. There's just two two groups, and there's some that it's like the difference between becoming a vampire or being born a vampire. <laughs> and I, so I think it's it's like they're 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 all vampires. It just sure. depends on like how they were made. Right. Um, and I still I would love to understand how that all works out. But well, let me uh, take I, this fishing rod and hook you and reel you back from the tall tales. That we're okay, talking okay. about. Okay. Thank and, you. And, and get back to the patch notes. But I, I still I think you, you've opened my eyes that it feels like there's now three possibilities for what what exactly is happening with the mermaid statues, like the pylon. Are they um maturing gems or are they cocoons? I think either way, they're good to be destroyed. Either way, we're stopping the sort of very uh, villainous sirens. See, that's where I f- I don't see I don't see a scenario where destroying the statues is a bad see, idea. See, that's where I, literally we destroyed statues soon enough and saved the crew of the Black Pearl. I I see where you're coming from. And playing through the game, it's hard to argue that. But listening to the words of the Siren Queen, I have to try and correlate her metaphors to what's been going on in Sea of Thieves. And I can't I can't take everything she says as something that has happened prior to us arriving in Sea of Thieves. Because mm-hmm. it feels like this world has been built and we've been building it. And our story is the story that is crafting the future of Sea of Thieves. And our actions are the actions that are being uh, taken into account when future content gets brought in. So, yes, like we used to... Um, we used to attack skeletons. We used to attack each other. We used to attack snakes and stuff. And the warsmith talks about how she was upset because she crafted weapons and idiot pirates would go out and kill snakes and kill each other. (laughs) So she, so she crafted, she crafted fleets of skeleton ships. And when that didn't work, she crafted a, a reputation that set us against ourselves, uh, to just murder each other. So it's like the, the events of the game is, cause and effect they bring in content we react to the content and then content in the future is is based off of the reaction to the original content Mm -hmm. and that cycle continues so when when i hear you know us destroying statues and then the mer queen or the uh, siren queen talking about how their song was was snuffed out i think well (laughs) the only thing that we've uh i'm gonna have to bleep that out (laughs) i can't (laughs) believe i did that uh uh the 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 only thing that we've interacted with that has been merfolk related is these statues it is literally the the only thing that we've interacted with we've Mm -hmm. never had any communication with them outside of the mer people but that was originally in the game from the get-go and nothing we did with them was positive or negative we used them they were always there that was the thing um the only thing in the game that we have done that has been reactive to merfolk lore mm-hmm. is these statues and that was something that was asked of us of I someone who we saying. now know as bad you're saying we provoked her yes okay. i'm saying that uh, well destroying i don't the statue. Tyson, i don't care that's like well you provoked <laughs> you provoked these people that were committing horrible war crimes against their own people uh by stopping no, them that's, well yeah no, yes i did no no, no i'm not no, sad no, no. about it no, 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 no. But that's the thing is, is that they weren't committing war crimes against their own kin. They said 
or she says, and granted, and, and this this is the rough thing because this is all coming from the perspective of a, of, a, of a bad person that we're attacking. So it's like, do you believe the bad guy when they say that the only reason they're doing this is because their pop-pop left them and never came back? Or, or do, you, do you believe what you think is the actual truth? So she says, like, they were shunned by their own kin and, and, and exiled. And it's like, did the, did the good, did the merfolk who were positive, who were using the, 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 the nice, the nice staves that take us back to our ships that were help rebuilding the ships and, and sending them back up to us are, did those merfolk shun the sirens? And that's why the sirens just, they were like, all right, well, I'm just going to Cruella this up. If that's going to be the situation, I'm just going to go even, I'm going to play along with the bad. If they call me bad, I'm going to be bad. That's all that it is. That's fine. It has nothing to do with me breaking the statues that they're using for evil. Right, but you, like... If you're, you're mad that I'm foiling your plans, I don't care. No, no, but that's the thing. Like, you're talking about how um, how they were committing war crimes against each other. I don't think that they were committing war no, crimes... No, it's just an illustration that if somebody's doing something bad and you stop them from doing the bad and that makes them do worse things, you are not in the wrong there. But, we're, but what bad were they were they doing? That's the question. They were taking sailors and using them in their um, their mermaid statues. They, but we don't know that they were doing that. We don't know like who was cursing them. We don't even know like we know that the mermaid statues. Um, as I'm playing with a guitar pick, uh, we know that the mer- that the mermaid statues um contain souls. We don't know if those souls were all pirates or merfolk. They could have been both either way they're bad are they though yes well, well, well give me one example how they're not well they're not doing anything <laughs> imprisoning somebody how is it bad well he's not doing anything they, he's just sitting the thing, there they're not do we know that they're Logan, this is bonkers, how do we know we've talked far too long about it well, i guess we just don't agree we don't we, we don't have enough information to decisively say Yes or no? These these merfolk are volunteering themselves at an old age to become Listen, statues, everyone, and we are literally destroying their history. Email Logan or message him on Discord. Tell him which side you agree with. Was destroying the statues a good idea or a bad idea? Like, comment and subscribe. I'm sorry. Hit that bell notification. First icon. Last note, and I'll let you retort. Okay. I've been saying it for three years that Duke was a bad guy. He's an actual bad guy, and now everyone's going to tell me no destroying statues is still a good thing after I was literally proved correct on the on the crazy <laughs> theories that I was for three years. You guys are going to start disbelieving me now? Let me tell you something, Logan. You and people like you are the reason Duke's a bad guy. Hey, remember what you said about the Siren Queen? You keep telling somebody's a bad guy long enough, eventually he agrees. Or Let's move on. You said I could retort. Or, that's the end of That's it. That's fine. Let's move on. Phantoms. Okay. I'm taking I, the fishing I, rod. I'm bringing you back to the patch. No, it's both of us. I've put a net over both of us. I'm dragging us over. The last new enemy, the phantoms. What do you think about them? I think I don't see them as much in adventure mm-hmm. as I do in the tall tales. As far as an enemy type, uh, I think they're great because they have the functionality of a skeleton lord who can, you know, flintlock, blunder, or sword you, and they're fast and they're numerous, but they don't they don't take a whole lot to kill. Mm-hmm. So as far as like enemy types, I think that they are a refreshing change 
to uh, what's been going on with just skeletons and generals. I think they do a great job of, of making sure that they keep you on your toes. Um, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy that we have those. I would love to see them out and about on, uh, and I think we talked about this last night when we were playing about having a, a fort that is purely of ske- uh, ghosts mm-hmm. and that it, it actually ties in more to Flameheart and it's more of a Flameheart fort than it is like a skeleton fort, which mm-hmm. that whole thing is still like, there's, I still have so many questions about forts and them being tributes and are the tributes still the flame heart and how that all, I, I'm, I still have so many questions about how that all works out. Uh, but overall, I would say phantoms are absolutely amazing. I think they did a great job of utilizing the low poly uh, need for having a character and using that as an AI threat that is low on resources, but still interesting in dynamics. Mm-hmm. I think they have a great visual design. I find them a little muddled with skeletons on their mechanics. Like you said, they do have advantage over skeletons where they can switch their weapons and like skeletons are just stuck with what they have. Um, but they, they overlap a lot with skeletons in my opinion. I think they look cool. I They have a teleport that's neat. And during the tall tales, they talk a lot so that when they teleport, you can hear where they went off to. And that's a really great non-visual way to to locate them. Because unlike skeletons, that they're, since they're not teleporting, you can keep track of them. But it, when this thing is teleporting, it's important to have a mechanic to let you track them. And but, but in the normal game, they don't talk. So you don't have a real easy method of tracking them. And I think that's that's a little uh, a little bit of a downside. I, I think in 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 adventure mode, I'd still have them talk to you so that you would know where they are. And it just brings a nice little refreshing variety to the combat. But I'm sure people will complain like, oh my gosh, phantoms, just shut up. I'm trying to have a conversation like we do with Flameheart. I can I can see a reason why they wouldn't have put the the talking in, but I, I think the talking is, it's it, it should be put in the adventure. Uh, I think I'm that, still, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just, I was going to agree with you and, and point out that I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that is a subtle way to add an accessibility option for people who can't see as well, uh, be able to to audibly kind of cue in, triangulate where phantoms are. Because if you if you can't hear skeleton, if you can hear skeletons, you can hear ocean dwell or ocean crawlers. You can't hear the ghosts in adventure, and that that definitely hurts people who are coming up against phantoms who may be getting shot and then they teleport and you can't figure out where they are. So you run over to where you think they are and you can't attack anything. So mm-hmm. yeah, from a, from an audible perspective, it, it is very hard for people to be able to triangulate or, or to track that. There's uh, no visual you, indication at all where they teleport. Until no, just up here. No, I think the, I think the, the ghost pathing, um, which is a weird way to explain like the trail of mist that they leave uh, isn't as visually represented as I think I would like it to be. I would like there to be like a little ghostly uh, mist or trail that kind of breadcrumb trails you to where they travel to. You can see that line. As oh, they run I around. haven't been able to see that at all. I didn't know that it existed. So you just said that. There's something there that's like that. It's just, it's not, hmm. it's not as prominent as I think it could be to help gotcha. kind of give that vid- visual indication. Sure. I, I like it better to have some indications visual, some indications audible, 
But if you're not going to have the audible, then you got to do the visual. I'm still a little confused how some of their mechanics work. I, I'm not sure. They do like this dash thing, and I still can't tell when they're winding up for it. Sometimes I think, oh, did their animation just break? Oh, no, that's them preparing to charge. I don't think freezing in place is a good a good indication of anything because it just looks like they're broken. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely run into that as well, too. It's it's a uh, it's something that I have faith that tweaks in the future will remedy the issue. So it's um, certainly possible. I'm, I, I'm I'm happy to let them know that I like how they are. I would I would love for them to kind of take some time to really kind of flesh out some of the animations, make sure that the that the the interact or the changing of animations is fluid. You know, let me know like when they're standing there getting ready to attack versus when they're uh, sitting there like it, it, they hold the blunderbuss at ready for a very long time before the actual fire. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why that is. I feel like they should have the same uh, ready time animation as we do since they're doing the exact same thing. It seems to me but, like it was the same as a skeleton. I, I was OK with it, but maybe it's a little longer. I just didn't notice. It feels like it should be a little faster, in my opinion. Okay. Maybe well, well, hey, listen, long, long as it, poking the bear. maybe they're overcorrecting from the instant blunderbuss, which I think is a bug from the the pirate lords. Oh god, yeah, that got me last night. That was not fun. Uh, but moving on, I, I'd was like to there talk anything? About, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 go ahead. I think there is a a sort of may prom's too big of a word. But I'm going to use it because I can't think of a lesser one. A little bit of a problem with the design of all the new enemies, and and let me see if you can't suss it out. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go step by step, and you're gonna very quickly be like, I know where, I know what it is. Uh, so when we fight the sirens, they have a, a, a slashing attack, and then they have an attack where there's an area effect around them that does damage and heals them. And so for that, you want to get away from them and shoot them from a distance. Uh, the ocean crawlers. You have a big tank guy who, if you get close enough to him, he does a big smash attack. So you want to get away from him and shoot him from a distance. The clam guy, if you get close to him, he does an area damage all the time, a damage over time around him. So you want to get away from him and shoot him. The electric eel, if he shrouds himself in an electric shield, you want to get away from him and shoot him at a distance. You see what I'm getting at here? When the solution to all your enemies is hit them at range, you've made a mistake. Yeah. There should be the give and take like these enemies you want to get in closer these enemies you want to get in far or certain times you want to get close certain times you want to get far i'm not saying it's impossible to melee i still have a sword and kill out them with swords but you're you're always you're definitely taking damage and and the solution to the problem they're presenting you is always hey hit them from range that i think was a little bit of a design mistake i i will counter with my my personal perspective on it and say that when i have been in melee at least for the clamshells and for the eels uh the damage that i take from the aoe electricity it's it locks you up uh but it doesn't impact much or doesn't inflict much damage same thing with the poison cloud i don't i don't feel like i'm at uh I'm, i'm going to die compared to like mm-hmm. the crab lords who i know if if they if they get a slam yeah. off that's 50 percent of my health and if there's two of them i'm instantly dead i've um, i've gone full health dead from one just by being super close to them Ooh, yeah that's rough no i agree that it, it it's overcomable we could still like i said still using a sword to kill them but it it's the design solution is hey get away for yeah. all of them for almost all of your new enemies uh, that's a little a little much yeah, I 
I don't know if there's a good solution for that because otherwise you just run up and the you're solution at is it. at the design stage is too late now. They all have their moves and everything. So, well, I mean, mm-hmm. I would let, let give them the benefit of the doubt. I think that they could adjust things in the future if they needed to. Maybe it's part of like their design. You have to give them new attacks and stuff, which I, I wouldn't see them doing. Oh, well, it's not like Fair. a big problem, but it's just a something I noticed. Yeah, I I don't know that I'd see them doing it, but it's given the opportunity. I think they probably could if they if it became a huge issue. So in the tall tales, these ocean callers will board your ship, and they they said Rare said in an interview or in, in some publication somewhere that you know the ocean crawlers should be you know boarding your ship, and we don't really see that outside of the tall tales. Some people I was reading a thread on this, and and, and the people that have experience said. Yeah, I wasn't in a tall tale. They boarded my ship and it was glitchy as all get out. So it sounds like what they wanted for them to be able to board your ship is in a very glitchy state right now. And most people don't even experience it at all. I'm looking forward to uh, that getting fixed and into having ocean crawlers, you know, jump on your ship and, and be a threat on your ship. It's that'd be the first real enemy on your ship threat. And it worked great in the tall tales. And I'll, I'd be happy to see it come to adventure if they end up, uh, if that's not a glitch and that is designed as intended. Yeah, I, I actually look forward to that. I think it was, uh, I was doing Tall Tale 5 and I thought I was going to get hit by a ghost ship, like actually run through it. Uh, I missed it and I was like, oh, this is bad. And then I was like, oh, this is good. And then immediately a clamshell guy spawned on or climbed aboard ship. And I was like, oh, this is bad. And then I went and I sliced him and he fell over and died. And I was like, oh, that wasn't so that was that was actually pretty good. <laughs> and I, I I would love for and right now. And a lot of people are a little frustrated with the, the, the PVE in Sea of Thieves and getting getting PVE to death, which is hilarious uh, because, you know, there's so many people crying toxic gameplay uh, with people, you know, spawn camping and they're like, I can't believe these people, these pirates out here spawn camping me and just killing me and not sinking my ship. And yet now it's like, oh my gosh, I, I can't get away from the PVE. It's ridiculous. It's like it, it, <laughs> Twitter can never seem to make up its mind. What are they upset about? Uh, one or the other pick it, mm-hmm. but I I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunity where we will have these ocean crawlers pop up on your ship from time to time. Yeah. Um, I would love for it to be if you start to get too close to islands, like if, if you get close to an island and you're, you're kind of approaching it, you're immediately distracted because something is climbing up on your ship because they were lurking just below the surface and thought that you would be an easy target instead of out in the middle of the ocean, they just hop up onto your ship somehow. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure I could see a, a variety either way working out well, but definitely having them on your ship would be fun. Uh, and and having things spawn, it's weird. Last time we played, we did like a maybe a five hour session, maybe, and yeah. I don't think we came across a single ocean crawler. And then no. a couple of days before, then I couldn't get away from them. By the time I finished killing them and, and got their loot aboard my ship, more would spawn up. And I'm like, I'll, I just said to myself, I'm gonna see how long this lasts. Where I'll leave as soon as I if there's no enemies, I'll leave. And every time I was about to leave, more would pop up, and it was it seemed like infinite. I finished an Ashen Lord. 
and we had a huge wave of enemies spawning. I'm guessing the number may be based because we were galleons. We had a lot more. We killed them all. Started trying to load the loot on another wave. Try to kill them all. Try to get the loot on. And then a, a, la a final third wave. Just a huge number of these ocean crawlers. And we killed them all. And we're like, just get everything on the rowboat. Let's go. I cannot take this anymore. This was like, we got all this extra. It was like extra loot for doing the event. Because we had to deal with so many ocean crawlers. I'm not sure what exactly is... Uh, managing their spawn uh, i think we kind of know that depending on the number of things in the world they can do other things like if there's a everyone on the servers doing ghost ship voyages then like okay they reduce the the skeleton ship spawns and the megalodon spawns just because the servers can't handle it so maybe that indicates it i don't know but i can i see why some people are complaining but then there were times like when we sailed yesterday and there we just like never came across the guys yeah, I know that smaller islands tend to be uh, a little rougher when it comes to spawn rates. I've seen this with skeletons back in the day. You you get on an island, you kill all the, the skeletons, and then really shortly afterwards, you have another bunch of skeletons spawn up. And it's like, I just killed the last bunch. It's like, maybe I should have mm -hmm. left one alive because the, the respawn wouldn't have popped at that point. But I feel yeah, that real I, hard in Athena missions. Yeah. Because they yeah, take it's, longer it's, to kill, so you have less downtime. Ahoy there, pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show but caleb with all of that i i want to like we're getting we're getting pretty deep into the podcast we still haven't even covered uh half of the stuff that i that i thought that we were going to get into i wanted to quickly touch on the flags of friendship uh update that we got the event started on july 1st there are four rewards available for there uh the way you earn these is by earning favors for the build rats um it's real simple you go out and you do world events uh you you do you kill skeleton ships you kill ghost ships you kill uh ashen lords megalodons krakens things like that you earn favors for each one um the first week is dealing with ships so i think if you kill uh, ships uh, of any variety, whether it be skeleton, ghost, or flame hearts, flagships. Mm. In an alliance, you earn uh, two times the rewards for the favor that you earn per each. Um, and each favor is counting towards four different uh, rewards. The first one being a scar for 150 favors. Uh, the second one being the makeup for 300 favors. The third one being the tattoo set 
for 450 and then the last one being 600 for the title uh friends of the sea i think is what it is yeah friend of the sea uh for the for the title that one um go out sink stuff kill ashen lords kraken tentacles skeleton forts uh, uh megalodons things like that once you hit 600 you'll have all of the cosmetics there's a long-term goal that goes from the july 1st to july 15th that is uh putting 100 pieces of treasure onto another cruise ship they don't have to be alliced with you you just have to put it on another ship um something that i found out the hard way was you cannot take the same treasure that you put on another cruise ship and take that treasure back and then put it on a different cruise ship mm -hmm. and earn credit as well you can only transfer the loot one time and i was kind of bummed about that because i sailed over to a ship i put like 20 pieces of stuff on their ship they immediately scuttled and granted this was the second ship at an outpost that i sailed to the first one i didn't even make it to the outpost before they scuttled the <laughs> second one was actually an established ship I went over there, joined the alliance that they had the flag up for, put the treasure on their ship and was about to leave when I heard the, the the gong and they sunk. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm taking my treasure back. So I took my treasure back, sailed over, found another ship that was in the middle of doing something and went and dropped all my treasure, checked my progress. And I didn't get any credit for the stuff that I put on their ship. So I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK, well, never mind. So you got to put 100 pieces of treasure on another cruise ship doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter if they keep it or you keep it you just have to transfer it from your possession which when you first pick up an item you gain possession you gain credit for it being your loot and then you put that loot on someone else's ship and it will get you to that hundred uh progress to get the pirate philanthropist title which i everyone seems to really hate this event everyone seems to hate alliancing and giving treasure what are your feelings on this event I like the event's design intention. I think the implementation's a little strange. It's, you know, hey, like I said, you got a bunch of new people on the seas, you know, sea of friends. It's it's fun to help new people to share. We came across an opportunity to help a new guy and uh, completely dropped the ball, felt bad about it all day. Uh, helping people can, can be like a real fun way to interact with this game that you're not always incentivized to do. Uh, and... To do this, honestly, it's just do world events. World events are pretty much everything that give you the credit here. And then you'll make it on some roaming skeleton ships as well. But if you just do focus on world events, you get it pretty quick, I think. Uh, you talked about dropping off and picking up loot. Did you know you can do it with skeleton ships? That's funny. You could donate to skeleton ships. Here you go, buddy. Uh, there's also a, uh, a daily reward if you let somebody turn in five the wording is valuable treasure. I don't know if that's just a generic adjective or if it actually has to be worth a certain value. Be letting uh, a, an ally or, or anyone turn in, another crew turn in five of your things, you get some extra gold for it. Probably more gold than the item would have been worth uh, for most items. I think that it's, it's they're adding a, like a, a tag or something to that loot. Like you said, you can only do it once. Most things that give like seasonal progress they couldn't figure out how to do that. Like, say you need to cook five pieces of megalodon perfectly. Uh, if you if you put down a cooked piece of megalodon like five minutes or whatever the timer is after you had already 
put it down and picked it up, it'll think it's a new piece of Megalodon. It doesn't remember it, and I don't know why. It's the same thing like when you die and you respawn an island. It's like, hey, you just visited this island. Yeah, I did it three seconds ago. Why can't you remember? And But it remembers which these loot and if whether or not you've put it on another ship. That's the first real instance of them actually remembering. Maybe they can actually refine their you know, seasonal stuff to actually remember when you do things and you can't get cooked 10 Megalodon with the same piece of Megalodon just waiting three minutes in between. That'd be nice. Yeah, I think the, I think the difference is uh, where they've implemented that tag system. Uh, loot was really early on when, they, when you had to start stealing loot. Back, um, I think it was 2019, they introduced the mercenary missions and the mercenary missions really kind of keyed into this you have to turn in stolen treasure and we wondered how do they know what's technically stolen Uh and that's when they kind of implemented this system of when you touch an item if it's the first time it's been touched it is assigned to that crew's uh group and then if you if someone else touches it it's considered stolen and then that was reinforced later on with the uh stolen ash and athenas and stuff and for Um, what counts constitutes stealing for reapers Yep, exactly. Uh, and I don't think that that was, I don't think that that system has been implemented based on uh, like food. I think food is is mm-hmm. a tough one because food can be traded between players in the same crew. Sure. Um, or, or, you know, who knows? I, I actually don't know. I'm just speculating. But, but I, for I don't this think event, that they've... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Before this event, I think um, people are just going to drop stuff on another cruise ship and take it right back. It's not exactly the way I think Rare wanted this to go. A little bit silly. True. I think the timing is really interesting because I think that the timing is is perfect. I think they've they've done a great job. They had an, an amazing reveal for E3 of Pirate's Life. N- uh, what, nine days later, the event comes out. Two weeks later, after everyone has feasibly done all of the tall tales at least once they're introducing an event to get back into the adventure aspect of playing sea of thieves like going back out there and doing stuff with other crews and stuff so and this being geared towards helping new players who are just on the seas like being friendly like can you imagine if they if they introduced the pirate's life update and then right after that is reapers versus the worlds and it's like you've got all of these fresh pirates who don't even understand what the emissary system is accidentally getting it and then just being completely trounced by all of the the salty sea dogs out there yeah so as much as people may not like this event i think that it's a perfect event for us to get rewards for something uh during a time when we are seeing a a huge influx of new players because this Mm -hmm. this update has been amazing for the game it has revitalized a lot of the game or the game for a lot of people and they're coming back or they're trying it for the first time and it allows nice to see definitely and allows those new people to get a scar pretty easily scars are you know aren't usually awarded through the these official events as they've been implemented in the game uh, under like an event tab and uh, they're like one of only two scars you can get currently yeah, yeah. All the other scars have been through major updates uh, to the game, so it's it's nice. That, and they were they were generally kind of hard to do. This is actually very reminiscent of the Hungering Deep event, where the only way to acquire that scar was to actually join in with another crew back before the alliance flags were a thing, 
and you had to have five people together to to carry mm -hmm. the song from Merrick uh, to the area where you had to sail and summon the Megalodon, defeat the Megalodon, and then go back to Merrick to tell him, and he would give you the shark uh, bite scars. And that was, mm -hmm. that was or the tattoos. Actually, were the scars, were there scars there? Ooh, God, my memory. Wasn't memory's... there like a bite scar? There was a bite scar, yes. Oh, man. You know what the worst thing about playing this game so long is? Is when you start <laughs> conflating <laughs> yeah. rewards with events. Sure. Because it's been so long since it's since you've actually done it that you just can't remember. Like, there's a reason why I don't remember half of the World of Warcraft lore after, like, Wrath of the Lich King. It's because I played less and there was just way too much stuff to remember. But everything before that, I can totally, I can, I can queue up for you on an instance. Um, let's talk about the season rewards before we get into Tall Tales. Okay. Season three, it's out. Uh, started with a pirate's life. This is, and, and we were told early on by Joe that season three and season four would be better than season one and season two. Uh, just purely based on what they had implemented. I don't think that they were talking specifically about the Pirate's Life update. I think they were speaking specifically to the rewards and uh, in, in design of, of Season 3 because the Season 3 rewards are really nice this round. Mm -hmm. And I've been, I've been actually really stoked to actually... Like we talked... Um, what was it season two we were talking or season one where we were talking about the season rewards and how you had no interest in using them and i had already been playing around with them it i think season it was two. the uh, season two right with the cards uh this this season i actually really love the rewards for um it's the season that brings on the uh was it the beyond the horizon or the blue horizon set mm -hmm. the blue horizon set and the daring deceivers clothes and clothing set and it's they're so pretty I've, I've actually been really really impressed with the design of these we've got a rapier we've got some really nice uh kind of spanish style clothing that isn't specifically spanish it still feels very neutral uh but definitely has some influences along with these blue horizon uh sails and stuff that i just i i actually really love these uh these cosmetics i think they're very unique um, even on top of the stuff that we've had but what do you think yeah, my character's wearing the clothing right now. It's sort of um, uh, play theater inspired. It's got like a, a face on the back. It's very much reminiscent of the of the you know, the sad and, or the happy face. Um, the eye patch is very similar to like a, a theater mask. It makes you think of Brixie's mask, which reminds me that I still want Brixie's mask. Uh, yeah, they're great. I like the bandana. It's probably the best bandana in the game. The way it kind of ties in the back and shows the hair nice. Really like it. Really, really good stuff. The uh, the other rewards in there are some of them really interesting. The Ruby Stinger Cutlass, the level 15 reskin of the Sovereign Cutlass. That's very, um, looks like it's made of crystal. Really like that. The Fairy the Damn Figurehead. Who hasn't been wanting that since the beginning of the game? Finally. Wish its eyes glowed. Or maybe the edges of its hair where it's green. A little sad that it doesn't do that. But still looks great. Really, really good looking. And Sud's jacket was like a surprise hit for me. I didn't know I wanted that until I had it. I'm like, <laughs> this looks pretty cool. And you can kind of match some stuff with it. I'm liking it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I As soon as I got the, uh, the Ruby Stinger 
cutlass i i equipped that and have been playing around with that that's it's so pretty i actually really love it the suds jacket man i i'm with you on that one it's a pirate legend reward for pirate legends who hit uh, level 46 and i was not expecting that um but as soon as i saw it i was like man i kind of want to see the whole set now i kind of want to see like where the like it that's the kind of thing where we had talked early on about them splitting up sets uh, across multiple seasons and it is it is amazingly unfortunate that seasons in Sea of Thieves aren't being treated the way seasons in Halo Infinite are going to be treated, where the seasons will persist and you can buy any mm -hmm. of the seasons from the past, but you yeah. still have to progress through that season to earn the rewards from it. I kind of like that approach. Like I'm okay paying for a season pass, even if it's an old season pass and working my way through it if i can earn the cosmetics from that season pass because some seasons are going to speak to me and some won't at some point and having that that give and take having that that opportunity to to kind of nail in like what speaks to my pirate really would be a kind of an, an interesting take it would be an interesting take for them to go with uh the season route i don't see them doing that because it's a very fresh new idea that i haven't seen any other company at broach as far as season pass content goes, it seems like you either do it and you get it or you miss it forever and you have to live with that that exclusivity. Uh, and that's what drives people to play the season pass as opposed to them just coming up with really in ingenuitive uh, cosmetics, some really beautiful designs and then saying like, hey, this is when we're de debuting it. If you miss out, uh, you can still play it, but you got to buy the pass for that season and that season pass will cost the same as it does for any other season uh and in that way like if you miss out then you know say like for example you just got level 100 with your with with uh season three say you just jumped into the game you love season three you love season one but you weren't here for season one but you've already capped out season renown for season three wouldn't it be amazing if you could buy season pass for season one and have another 100 levels to work through and then earn all of the cosmetics for that season? Yeah. The the saving grace for some pirates will be, supposedly, we haven't seen this yet, some of those cosmetics are going to be coming to the in-game store and the uh, plunder pass stuff coming to the Emporium. It's, we haven't really we saw like one thing from the plunder pass go in so far to the emporium i'm still kind of anxiously like when is this stuff going to be coming into the into the, the stores but i guess we'll see what comes and what doesn't so that's a little bit of saving grace yeah i've long since said the halo the master chief collection is the single best games of service i've ever seen the way it's designed it has that where they have all the seasons are available at any time you just you you earn season points and you use those points to unlock things in seasons. So you're like, hey, I want to unlock something from the season one. You can unlock thing. You can use that point on season one. Or if you wanted to use it to unlock season five, you can go navigate to season five and use the point there. And so you can use those points wherever you want among all the seasons to get the stuff you like. It's really, it's it's wonderful. It doesn't cost any in-game real money. You all earn it through gameplay. Really, really great design. Having season passes be a great way to focus. A point in time, everyone playing at that point, there's a theme for the season that themes that update. But as you move on to other themes and other seasons, that past stuff is still there for people to get that content. It's a it's a wonderful way to do it, really is. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see just how how much people take advantage of. of I feel that. like Halo and, Infinite is going to be a little different than Master Chief Collection because they're going to want it to make it a little more monetized. Definitely, 
I, and I can see why, considering how much of, of Halo Infinite is actually going to be free for everyone. And, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll have to wait and see um, how that shakes out. I, I do want to say, though, um, getting back to Sea of Thieves, I'm really interested, just based off of uh, Season 3, all of the Plunder Pass content is new content. None of it is stuff that has been in the Pirate Emporium uh, first. And I have that in my notes highlighted, and I just bolded it right now. Yes, Queen Slay. They listened to feedback. Thank you. It's been nice. Um, and I and I see this as being the... So th- this was one of the criticisms of, se- of the seasons one and two is that they're using recycled content. It's mm-hmm. not fresh. It's There's no there's no return on investment if you already uh, purchased content. Season three shows, yeah, it's okay because we've got plans we've got things that we want to do we we plan on doing that i have full faith that these cosmetics were not made during season one and season two these were stuff that was made a while ago and they've been working on a good way to make sure that it's implemented and they wanted to see if season one and season two had a good roi that they would go forward with season three and season four we haven't even heard about season five or season six uh but i think that the roi for the plunder pass has been good enough for them to say like all right this is go let's drop in the good cosmetics for plunder pass but that's a speculation at that point but if it is I based off of just feedback, heard the feedback yeah i think they just heard the feedback that getting old stuff doesn't feel good most of the time for reasons we outlined in the last episode i was on and Which it's just is really great that they're all new. Always feels good. Really, really good. And that, yeah, and that that correlates. I mean, that that makes sense. It, it's obvious to get to that conclusion. Which, if that is the actual conclusion, then good on Rare. And again, totally speaks to just how open and willing to change the company is to make sure that this is their first foray into season uh, or into a, a live game service. And that they are willing to heel turn on things that don't feel right because they want to make sure that their game is staying, uh, is still being engaged with. And I still see that even though people come, people go, I think that the the, the company is willing to do as much as they possibly can within reason to try and make sure that the players are having a good time and they're getting what they want from the game, even if it takes a, a, a year and a half's worth of work to implement, you know, different enemies into the game or server hopping uh, through portals, things like that. Um, was there anything else on the seasons that you wanted to touch on? I feel like we covered a, a good portion of that. No, no, seasons is a good season. Having fun. I think the only thing about this new season we haven't talked about is the new weapon, the Trident. Yeah, so we got the Trident of Dark Tides, which is uh, absolutely amazing. Um, I can't figure out for the life of me where the, the like with the, okay, let me see if I can word this better. Uh, the eye of reach has a crack in the, in the lens. So you can tell where the center point is. Yes. I can't find where the center point is on these damn tridents. And he need a red kill for the trident. Yes. I need, I need the midnight <laughs> blunderbuss uh, iron sight for the trident. Just a duct taped uh, iron sight onto it. <laughs> <laughs> just tied together I, with some rope as a fashioned iron yeah sight. yeah i need i need something on there to to help me because i've been i've been trying to test it out and see like all right well is it is it like two inches to the left of the end mm-hmm. point or is it to the is it like two centimeters to the right of the gem like i i can't quite find that 
that point. And, and unfortunately, the trouble is, is that there's three levels of damage for this trident, which is a very interesting take on a weapon. Right now, we we have weapons, but the weapons all have set damage. Sure. You know, the flintlock does its, its set damage. The sword lunge does its set damage. Uh, the, the, the flamethrower does its set damage. With the trident having the smaller bubble that travels faster but does less damage, the the middle one, which still travels fairly fast uh, and does a little bit more damage but requires more charge time, and then the uh, tier 3 level, which does the most damage, has a large area of effect but travels the slowest, mm -hmm. has been really cool to experiment with. And I know you actually did some CS science with this, so what were some of your findings with this? Well, I found that it's really really good for pvp and I'm, I'm sure i'm not the first person you're hearing this from uh but i did a ashen lord in four minutes with a sloop with i think we had four or you five pve tridents. yes sorry thank you really great for pve uh with uh using just tridents we killed an ashen lord in four minutes on a sloop with a galleon we killed him in three uh, just like it was we were laughing like oh he's already at the next phase oh we're gonna finish him off before he finishes doing the volcano attack uh, and it's i've seen people use it on megalodons and the like uh it's really good for hitting groups of skeletons just it's just a great pve tool really bad for in my experience i've had no luck using on pvp i've tried a couple times and i'm dead it's like i i yeah. I, I slayed out and i'm not this is not like a humble break. I did kill three guys. Did I mention that I'm a triumphant sea dog? <laughs> Look at that title. I, 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 there was a clutch play. We were attacking another ship. I got on their ship and I was able to defeat three of them by myself. And then I'm like, oh, they have a trident. I'll try to use a trident. Died to the first guy that spawned. And and that's just one example. That's not the only time I tried to use the trident on PvP. I've used a trident a couple times in free PvP. and just really haven't had good luck with it. It's similar to the um, Ashen Wind Skull. I, I keep... I'm. I, I want to believe that it's good for PvP, but it just isn't. Every time I use it, it just doesn't work out. But it's really, really good for PvE. Now, you're talking about aiming and trying to get a reticule on a site and all that. If you right-click, you sort of get the, um, the trident ready. It's in the same position as when you're charging the blast. And it really is essentially useless. And if they made a small change to this, I think it'd help people like you. Uh, people like you. You know, wow. non-triumphant sea dogs. Uh, wow. When Did you, I mention my names in the game? When, <laughs> just a, a contest here. Uh, when you shoot, when you aim the trident with a right click, you point it down. And then when you charge a trident, it's in the same position. And you and you and after you fired the blast, it, it, it goes back to the default holding position. Even if you're holding down the aim button, it does that. So there's really no difference into holding down the right click or just using it. If... The small change would be that while you're holding down right click, you're always stay, you know, ready, quote unquote, aiming it. That way it doesn't go back to the thing. You can always see it keep it for you now. Like if you know it and you go up a little bit and a little bit to the left to where this part is in the trident. And then when it goes up, that ruins that sort of marker you've made for yourself. If holding down right click keeps it aimed, that would, I think, help a lot with that. And it would actually give a purpose for holding down right click with it. I could see that. I, I any change at this point would be something that I would welcome just to have a little a little more understanding of what's a good place for me to hmm. look at like where I'm where I'm getting with uh where I'm getting with the actual trident and, and where I'm actually aiming because that's been that's been the one thing that has just been uh it, it's not it's like a nitpick 
because I, I really i like the trident i think the trident's a great weapon i just have a hard time using it i think it's just going to come down to a matter of time sure. and uh like being able to work with it long enough to understand like where i'm going to be able to see like how i gauge it because at the moment it's the same thing with cannons like you have to do the same thing with cannons you got to shoot a cannon you got to gauge the the distance and, and the angle and then you got to adjust and i do the same thing with uh the the tridents now i'll shoot a small blast and once i get the the gauge on where it's going i'll typically be aiming a little bit left uh, a little more left than what i usually do it's got a bit of a spin on it uh so it's like i gotta i gotta aim left and then i'll, I'll actually hit where i'm going but it's 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 interesting it's kind of like how sea of thieves is, is ultimately designed yeah uh, you know nothing is nothing is is as precise as you would expect from an actual shooter game so you got to kind of play around with it there's a little give uh, a little wiggle room with with using it but I, I absolutely love it i think they've done a great job introducing a powerful tool in the game that isn't something that you that you that it, you have to kind of pick and choose like if you like if you run out of ammo say you're a double gunner you run out of ammo there's not an ammo crate nearby the the trident is a great tool to still give you a ranged attack and have a very powerful thing against pve for a while so it, it's kind of a way to enable different styles of gameplay uh without you know completely ruining what the benefit of like a blunderbuss or a uh, an eye of reach in a flintlock mm -hmm. would give you and I, I think that's a great way to design it. I just think that I have a hard time aiming it. Plenty of ways to acquire it as well. If I could make a small change, I'd say it should be uh, one of the weapons you can dig up during a Fort of Fortune event. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's a PV. It's a good PV tool. Uh, yep. And as we usually get with seasons and updates, we get uh, new cosmetics. And with this one... You know, after watching the trailer, I was wondering, oh, okay, we see all these Pirates of the Caribbean-themed cosmetics. How are we getting them? And we found out that we're getting all but one of them through the Emporium. Only one pirate cosmetic, Pirates of the Caribbean cosmetic, is through the Tall Tales, and that's the song at the end. How do you feel about all the Pirates of the Caribbean cosmetics being in the Emporium? I think that it's good. I'm okay with that. I knew they were probably going to put the the best stuff into the pirate emporium i had a feeling that that we were going to be getting most of that content uh they do need through, an roi so i mean it makes sense it's it, it's expected it's a company they have to make money they they probably spent a lot of money uh getting the pirates of the caribbean stuff like you know disney's not just going to give their ip for free um and they put a lot of time and effort into crafting these characters putting them into the game things like that there has to be a way for them to recoup that cost people have to get paid and the way that happens is they create something interesting and we give them money in return for the interesting stuff and the fact that it's in the emporium and not a paid update see that's the thing that always uh, and, and, and i'm not going to get on my soapbox for too long here but i have to say that the emporium is always optional it's always optional. You can play through all of these tall tales and experience all of a pirate's life for just the cost of the game or game pass, which is insane for a game that came out three years ago that they have not charged for updates and they've only put cosmetics in the Emporium and the cosmetics don't impact your power progression in the game. There's no power. So for me to sit there and say, 
are you upset that or for me to respond to the question you are you upset that disney's pirates of the caribbean content is all put into the emporium as opposed to the yoho yoho no because i spent hours the last two weeks living in the disney pirates of the caribbean content through the tall tales i haven't even put on the 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 jack sparrow costume or pulled out the 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 dog or you know equipped the the uh, eternal freedom set that much uh, because I still feel very steeped in the Pirates of the Caribbean content. And, you know, in, in a month and a half when I'm done doing the Tall Tales and I've understood everything that I need to, that's probably when I'll start actually putting on some of that stuff mm-hmm. and playing around with it because I'm not constantly steeped in it. Um, so when, when Tori and I were doing the Tall Tales, we didn't put on the Eternal Freedom set until we got to a certain point. We're like, okay, okay, we, we've earned it now. We've gotten to a point in the story we can put it on. <laughs> what point was that? Oh, I don't remember. Probably uh, after uh, Tall Tale Three, I'm guessing. Oh, okay. hard to remember. I can understand that. That is that is a really good Tall Tale. Uh, uh, yeah, but but I I, I I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I have similar similar feelings. I think it it definitely is um, is expected, and and what you called your soapbox about it being optional. I think there's some really valid arguments out there about how that can still uh, be unhealthy for game design space and and can be predatory in, in various ways depending some are more than others loot boxes being you know a, a common example uh, so I don't think there there's no I don't think it's um I don't think it's a, a save all you know, hey it's optional I don't think that phrase can save you from every criticism but I think I think Thieves gets it mostly right and I'm not very upset about it. Uh, I, I still, I, I'm a little surprised. I did expect some Pirates of the Caribbean things in the Tall Tales, like maybe would have gotten Jack's Compass or something. I was just a little surprised that nothing was in there except for the final song. It was just a little surprising, but, you know, I'm not very upset about it. Just surprised. You can be surprised without being upset. That happens sometimes. I, I think there's opportunity in the future for that kind of stuff, though. Like, I don't, I don't think the door is closed on the Pirates of the Caribbean content. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know... If, if they gave us everything that we possibly could have asked for this update, what what's left for future updates? So, you know, who knows? We, we could find ourselves back in the company of Jack Sparrow and those events may lead to tall tales that then actually give us the reward of like Jack Sparrow's compass or, uh, right. you know, what have you. Maybe. Um, I, I, I love the Eternal Freedom ship set. I think it's so long... Tori and I, when we sail, sometimes we call ourselves the crew of the black flag and we dress in all black and we and we get the cosmetics of the ship all black. And we put up the black flag. And uh, now we finally have a set. We finally have a hull that is all black. And and this like almost every part of that set is all black. So we really, really like it. We put it on now. Uh, the the Eternal Freedom weapons. Honestly, I like some of them better than I like the Dark Adventurer weapons. I think they're they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was really happy with uh, the 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 f- eternal freedom stuff that they've put out. I have always wanted to see, like even even when the game came out, everyone wanted black hull, black sails. They wanted the oh, black and black pearl. tattered sails. Yes, yeah, that was a, a key thing. We've always wanted the black tattered sails. We've always wanted, and for a long time, I've always asked for, uh, you know, like the rolling fog. Um, you know, when you see the Black Pearl in Pirates of the Caribbean 1, it rolls in and this this mist kind of encompasses the the island, yeah. uh, uh, the fort. And, you know, for a long time, we've wanted that. And 
they they had the ability to add particle emitters to uh, figureheads in the past. We've seen glowing things. We've seen uh, you know flies with the with the um, uh, oh state of decay mm-hmm. uh, hand figurehead. So we knew it was possible. It was just a matter of like when they were going to do it. And I always thought that the Warsmith uh, cosmetics that came out would be the uh thing that actually does that but to have it come out and have it be the actual black pearl is perfect i think they've mm-hmm. they've absolutely nailed it if anything i'm i'm i wish they just kind of ramped it up a little bit i i would i would be okay with even more fog coming <laughs> off of that figurehead at this point because it's just i i want that atmosphere i want that that uh feel of being in the pearl and the pearl itself um actually getting onto that ship when it's above water not just like the sunken pearl is so breathtaking those ship the dutchman and the pearl are so breathtaking in this game it is so amazing to see a fully realized ship come and be on on wire like i i just you know i feel like our galleons and our sloops and our brigs are very pared down they're very simplified <laughs> they're designed so that we can manage a crew a ship like that when you get on the pearl itself and you get to run around and look at the different things it's like yeah you would need to have like a good solid 10 people on this ship to manage everything that ha- that mm-hmm. is on this this ship you know we were talking last night about uh, uh the steering wheel and how it, you know having a steering wheel would be great if you could have two people man the steering wheel during a storm to overcome the the fight that comes from uh, the the rudder in, in choppy waters in a storm. And I was thinking like yeah, like the 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 actual wheel from the Pearl and from the Dutchman are both wheels that are designed for two people to be able to help with. And they had to have that back in the day because that was, you know, if it was a large ship, you'd have a large rudder and that rudder would fight up against you. It didn't matter how many pulleys or systems you had in there. It was always going to be tough. And they always had two people to spot on the on the wheel for that. So it's it's just it's it's so amazing to see this ship cosmetics come into the game. I, I paid the money. I got it. It's been amazing to to actually sail around with it, especially in a galleon. I think the galleon is really where a lot of these cosmetics shine because they're going to be the closest uh, representation to the actual ships that we're going to get. Um, so seeing those figureheads, seeing the sails, it was just it was welcome. It was just a, a really welcome uh, mm-hmm. thing to the game that I think everyone wanted when they saw Jack Sparrow for the first time. And we have Jack Sparrow costume set that gives you other, you know, crew set. Uh, I was so disappointed. I really wanted Barbosa or Captain Teague's clothing. So disappointed mm. we didn't get that. But uh, it's all right. Scrums looks okay. I actually kind of don't, I don't like the rest of them. But, eh, you know, to each their own. I'm really liking the show-off emotes from the trip drop, the Twitch drops we're getting that, like, show off, you know, the cosmetic that you have on your instrument. In the past, we've gotten kind of a version of that for some of them. Uh, but these, I really like these, the way they're implemented. I hope we get one for every item uh, on these Twitch drops. really, really like them. I've actually been surprised. I didn't, it, it's not something that I thought I was going to be interested in uh, when I saw it. But you're right. Like, it's it's something I didn't think I needed. But having them has been really cool to kind of have, to be able to, to kind of have, like, you know, it's, you, cosmetics are the thing in this game 
that everyone strives for. Everyone wants their exclusive contents and stuff. And to have an emote that you can actually have on your radial that is literally just showing like hey, I, I look joked at this. about Yeah. Why would someone care if they're showing off their drum? And now we have the hurdy gurdy one that just dropped uh today. If you're if you're listening to the or you probably won't be listening to this, but on Saturday the third, uh the hurdy gurdy show off. Google Drive and got the raw audio for this before Monday. Yeah, you would be able to watch the day that the hurdy gurdy show off emote goes live. Uh, but there, the Gilded uh, Phoenix event is going on. There, they have the actual hull figurehead wheel and hurdy gurdy show off em, uh, emote going on right now. Hopefully, you're you're already queued into this, and that the event ends uh, on the sixth, and that you aren't missing out on these. Uh, I know I I. I saved you last night, which I was really happy that you were able to get the figurehead. Yes, thank you. Because uh, man, yeah, when that resets, it's it's a bummer to to find out that you missed out on the drops. Uh, so twenty minutes with partnered streamers over on Twitch. Make sure you have your accounts linked between Sea of Thieves and Twitch so you can get those drops. Um, I think that was about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually like the we've been getting recolors uh, for cosmetics each uh, season. And each one brings in a really interesting set. And I think this one was the Dawning Hunter mm-hmm. st- Dawn set. Hunter. Yeah. Thank you uh, for confirming that. Yeah, I, I like the Dawn Hunter set. I think they did a, a really nice remake of, of that set. I'm glad it's not the Crabber Crack. And thank you. Or the, <laughs> or the I guess, the Aristocrat as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 okay with them not doing those for a while. Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've I've turned a corner on some of these recolors. I've always said that I do enjoy getting recolors of the limited time stuff because you have a chance to get it. And but yeah. I've more and more and more learned to love the 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 default recolors. I'm not talking about the Dawn Hunter or the Crab set. I'm talking about the like Bildrat sets and stuff like this because what they're doing is they're using the same color spectrum as other sets i'm gonna this isn't true i'm just gonna say generic words uh that want to say true like oh the executive admiral set now gets a recolor that looks like the rotten bilgerat set and so now you can mix and match the rotten bilgerat and the executive admiral and it'll look good because it's using the same color scheme that's amazing and i'm really really enjoying it because i don't normally mix and match but now that things now that the color schemes match you can really mix it all up and 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 get really great combinations that that blend and mesh well together. I'm really really liking this philosophy on the recolors of the normal cosmetics, and they're smart enough not to add like a whole new weapon and equipment set because you're matching the same color scheme. It's like you don't need it because this is this is the same color as the rotten as the rotten build rat um, equipment, so you don't need any recolor because it looked the same for the equipment, but it's perfect for the clothes stupendous i'm really enjoying it it's it's turned my mind on the idea of a of a die system for a long time i i said that that we should have a die system we should just be able to buy dyes and that the dyes would be applied to the cosmetics the way they are um this is adding a way for gold sinks to be prevalent in the game through recolors um it's just a shame that you have to wait for them to craft the actual sets Mm -hmm. so if you say like you love a set of cosmetics but you hate the colors the color theme of it and you want a different color theme it's you're literally waiting for rare to just actually introduce it before you can actually make it yourself uh which is kind of a bummer there's not much you can really say or do against that which 
you know, that's that's going to be the case for a lot of games and a lot of situations. You know, you're always waiting on the developers and stuff, but it, it it's nice to be able to say like, okay, we all want to have a color theme very much in the way that I was expecting arenas to go where you have each ship and each ship has its set color. Each crew should have its its set color as well too. So when you go into arena, all of your clothing is immediately changed to the color theme of your ship. So that way it's easily to identify each one outside of just the player tag itself. Uh, especially if you have a gamer tags turned off um, for some things, it, it's really hard to tell who's from what crew. Um, but knowing, knowing that you can wear a set that you like and that y- you can match the color set with other crew or with other crew members sets and kind of coordinate colors even if it's different sets is is really it's it's a good way to approach this i think mm-hmm. um i just hope that we continue to see these sets released at a at a good cadence mm-hmm. and it seems like they've kind of nailed that um i like the the variety of swords we're getting like um you know we, we've all seen the chinese new year one and now we have the Order Souls one, looks like a Kopesh. And, and now we get the Shining Pegasus one that looks like a Rapier. So it's not always just a Cutlass. We're getting different things. I, I'm really enjoying that. And I can't wait to see the Katana. So give me a Katana somehow. I think we should be getting those at some point. I mean, that's... What other swords could they... I mean, like a, a, a Bastard Sword is about the oh. only other thing I can think of that... <laughs> as, a, as a Pathfinder player... Um, let me tell you, there's a kajillion, bajillion, regillion number of swords that you've never heard of that all have different okay. appearances. There's uh, there, there's no end of of uh, options, believe you me. <laughs> options for that. Fair enough. Um, my my knowledge is... My player be like, oh, I have this thing that's got all these special traits. I'm like, I've never even heard of that sword. And they show me a picture. I'm like, that's, that's, that's a stick. No, it's a sword. <laughs> okay. It's a stick with earrings, but I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> it can still murder people that's that qualifies it as a, a lethal weapon which falls into the sword category i guess that's, that's right well we've been talking forever um uh, hopefully that covers the majority of the the actual update the patch notes themselves there's some accessibility options that came in that i actually really thought was was nice that order a, a wider range of, of uh, shortcuts and, and just different ways to kind of deal with communicating with people to be able to d- disable voice or uh, a, like there's an actual family mode now, which uh, will disable voice and text communications with other crews, which tends to make the game a little safer for uh, little ones to jump on and, you know, not having to, to auto- automatically go in every time there's a new session to disable crew and uh or or disable voice and text Mm -hmm. chat you can just enable the family mode and that will make sure that it's uh harder for gamer words uh to come through to your little ones who are just trying to trying to play the game so i appreciate that um you know what else they fixed what's that they got rid of the gold bag weird kathunk sound now it's just you know gentle coin sound that's right. That was one of your one of your concerns from last time we talked, which yes. feels like forever ago. You were upset because of the way that the 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 sound that is made when you kill a captain and the gold pouch drops, or even just a gold pouch in general. It's when I you think. pick up the gold pouch. Is it when you pick up? Okay, yeah. I thought it was when it dropped. No, when you pick it up, I went kajunk kajunk. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it now did it make just that really like a nice little really loud. Thing. Very nice. 
Yeah. Listen, Rare Const- obviously listens to me, and I'm the one that they're getting all their cool changes from. It's obvious. You don't have to yep. admit it, but we all know it's wrong. Now, if only you could tell them that the spawn rate for the Shrouded Ghost is too low. <laughs> but what do I know? I just uh, tell them that they shouldn't have tied it to the last build rate combination I don't have. You mean the Shrouded Ghost event that came before it? <laughs> just sitting there. Uh... All right, so... Uh, for those of you who are listening to this episode, there was probably a quick little break that you just got back from. Uh, the reason why there was a break is because Caleb and I have been talking for two hours and 21 minutes at this point. Uh, we still have a ton of information that we want to talk about, and we're going to round off this episode with just what we've talked about up till now. Uh, tune in next week when Caleb and I actually dive into our thoughts and feelings on the tall tales uh, from two on, because the community episode, I think we covered one fairly well. Um, So as we kind of round out this episode, Caleb, there were a couple things that I know that you still wanted to touch on. So what were some of the things that you wanted to talk about? Yeah. uh, One thing I think you may have mentioned last episode, but it's worth reiterating is that the map got expanded and uh, the thing I wanted to add to that was I thought it was a little weird that the map got expanded because uh, the southern portion and the western portion, we don't really go over there. Some of the tall tales skirt the edge of where the Red Sea would be normally, but they don't go in there. They're actually still in the map that is already, you know, gridded out. So I thought it was a little strange that they actually, you know, pushed that back. And when it comes to the west and the north, they pushed it back beyond the grid which is a little strange. The South Grid existed because there was a south, southern portion of the uh, the Devil's Roar. But uh, I just thought it was interesting that they pushed it pushed it back and especially beyond the grid. The North one made sense because the North one actually has a um, a section there that, that takes place, the Coral Fortress. But even then, you think it'd be like Shores of Gold where they just cut out a chunk. I think it's very interesting that they expanded the whole map and I think that might say that they have something else planned. Because right now it's kind of empty. Shipwrecks can spawn out there, which can be annoying if you need to get a Reaper's Chest that's spawned on the bottom left of the map. But otherwise, it feels really empty. Yeah, I have a theory on this. Uh, my theory is that they plan to expand the map, which I, I 100% called uh, on Twitter, and no one believed me. A uh, <laughs> sm- small portion of people believed me, but I totally called that they were going to do it. Had no no idea beforehand, but I'm totally claiming that. Uh, the reason I think that they expanded the map but didn't change the grid ties to how a lot of the riddles and tall tales are set up, and that would be a lot of overhauling on prior content if they changed the grid in any way. And I think that there's mm. always an opportunity for the shroud to recede back because like you mentioned, a lot of the tall tales and such still happen within the grid. I think the coral fortress is the one exception. Mm-hmm. And as a result, that there's always going to be a possibility for them to test and see what the bounds of the game can be if they pulled back the uh, the Sea of Thieves shroud a little bit more. And also just the fact that there's uh, there's a lot more clutter in the Sea of Thieves itself now. Um, we've had a ton of new rock formations crop up and it's a lot harder to navigate with open waters yeah. uh, these days. I mean, we, we, we saw a skeleton ship cracking up against one of the rock formations 
outside a sanctuary outpost <laughs> for like a good 20 minutes because the dumb thing couldn't figure out how to get around the rock formation. So part of me thinks that some of these things might be adjusting or moving in the future. I would not be surprised if some of these rock structures uh, changed position at some point and that there's always the opportunity for them to pull the shroud back in closer towards the actual map grid. But just because of the way that certain tails are designed around the map or actual map location like if you do uh rise of the morning star i think is what it's called uh it talks about the location of certain things Mm -hmm. being alluded to through the text and the text is saying like r5 or o15 lost if you adjust also sometimes quote coordinates yep so if you mess with the grid that that's why you can't you you would have to go back and uh revamp all of those quests to the new grid so the easiest thing to do is just put stuff outside the grid but recede the 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 shroud for the time being and just let people know that you know where the shrouded area is the actual dark portion and some of it's mapped some of it's uncharted Uh, what were some of the other things that you wanted to dive into though the uh something that uh, some people are getting a little twist about is that uh, you can now sort of manually server merge by you by activating a tall tale one or three, going through that portal, counseling the tall tale to come out of the portal, and now you're in a new server. And uh, mainly people have seen this uh, with grade five reapers who have a lot of supplies on their ship. Instead of having to go back to grade one and no supplies, you can use this to manually server merge. Some people see it as a problem. I personally don't, but there's a lot of people that do. I personally come to the end of, so Reapers will be server merging when the population of the server is too low. You know, as opposed to the manual merge, which happens when the population is too low. It, it's it's the reason that Rare has it in, so they're, they're hitting with the same reasons. I really don't see a, a problem with that. People who have that grade 5 appear in, it's no different than when a grade 5 uh, Reaper merges in. Many, many times, all of a sudden, a grade higher than one Reaper just appears out of nowhere. And we're like, oh, that guy must have server merged in. And it's no different for when you're a grade five Reaper or grade five anything and get merged into a different server. It's the exact same thing, except you get to choose when it happens. And when do they choose when it happens is when the server population is low, which is the intention of a merge. It, it makes sense to me. I don't see it as a problem. Rare has, like, officially on the forum said, we noticed the issue and we're investigating. I don't know what solution they can really put in that is good. I've heard some, you know, everyone has a few suggestions, but none of them are perfect. They all have a problem or other. What do you think about it? I I see where they're, I see the concern for it. Um, it, it feels like it's not too big of a, of a concern at the moment. I think one of the easier solutions would just be forcing uh, ships to not be able to pull storage crates through portals. Um, forcing players to to put their supplies into the barrels uh, might help mitigate some of that because if you if you want to hop through a server and you want to keep your supplies you better put your supplies on the actual ship otherwise you you lose out on that and that forces reapers to have to be able to uh, uh, merge with all of their supplies or give up those supplies to the actual supply crates um, which is part of the ease of use of, of fighting with the supply crates. You know, you got a bunch of stuff stacked on top deck. You don't have to run below deck. It's a lot easier to play the game and, and fight people when you aren't having to run below deck to grab bananas and cannonballs and stuff like that. Uh, forcing them to ditch all of those supply crates 
is an active decision like as or just waiting for the natural merge and they get to keep it that's pretty much the only thing i can really think of uh it's, it's going to be I, a hotly debated thing. There was like 100, 180 posts in one thread, and there's a lot of threads about it. I think it's it's definitely something I think Rare is going to address. Uh, whether or not it needed to, I'm not sure. And they're all by the same five people. I can't, I can't <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> so what were, uh, were there anything, any other tools? I don't know how, how many you got on your list. I'm curious. Uh, well, yeah, Logan, of course, the last thing I have to talk about is the most important thing, and that's Caleb's top 10 things he would like to see come to the game. Coming at you fast. Number 10. Basic PC options. I'm talking about like toggling captions on and off, having a windowed full screen mode. How about choosing your sound input and output or a brightness adjust settings? Freaking games that came out 10 years ago have these options. Come on, Rare. I get that you were developed for the Xbox, but you're on PC now. Catch up. I think it's funny because they were like literally the first game that was uh, uh, cross or cross by cross play so that, so that you could buy the copy on xbox and, and get it for the pc version as well too um i mean a lot of that stuff is is done through the settings of game bar and i i'm not dis i'm not discounting your your you know top 10 i i, I think that there's alternatives personally i'm with you on the full screen windowless mode but yeah it, it is kind of funny that a lot of that stuff is relegated to other applications and settings number nine can we have a chat history? Even if it's not a full chat history for the full game session, just like the past 10 messages or something. So many times, oh, I just missed what they said and I have to get them to repeat it. If a 10-year-old game like StarCraft 2 can do it, you can do it too, Sea of Thieves. Figure it out. I'm down with that as well too. That's actually a really good thing. Uh, if there was a way to, to open up a menu and be able to scroll through it or even just have the pirate text be a scroll, uh, the, the renowned stuff pushes that stuff up way too quickly half the time. I think it'd be cool if you could access the pirate log tab in the main menus. There's some times that I log into a session just to check that out. I understand you can look it on the website, but sometimes I don't want to log into the website. I just want to, I've got the game real quick. I just want to check in the main menus. I'd really like that pirate log tab to be there. Mm, I can see that uh, from a Xbox perspective, especially with uh, PC, I, I usually just go to the website. Number seven. I think you should be able to fish Battle Gill at any world event, not just skeleton fleets and skeleton forts. Ooh, that is a good update. I hadn't considered that, but you're right. Yeah, right. you can't. It just makes sense. Number six. I think the different versions of mags should have different mechanics. Just something to differentiate between the colors aside from the color. So what would you think, like, do you think like, a, 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 we'll take the Crested Queen as an example. Do you think that she should be ridden, uh, should have like ocean crawlers riding on her back and they climb aboard while you're fighting her? Uh, now that I've heard that idea, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. The Ancient One is uh, able to to summon ancient skellies uh, and, and the quicker, the quicker oh you kill gosh. it, the, the real gold that you get. Uh, 
That's or it great. drops That's ancient great. coins out of it. Like there's ancient skellies that are just drowning in the in in the water, and you have to harpoon them up and then kill them uh, for you to get the the ancient coin. And the shroud of ghosts just kind of a coughs up, you know, rare cosmetics once in a while. You know, it would. It, oh, cool, dude! I wanted the 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 Merrick's drum. Awesome. It would be it would be really funny because there was actually a time back before the game came out where the idea of of Athena's fortune chests were something that would reward cosmetics. And that that idea has never come to the game that I could totally see there being a way for that to actually work out. As much as I'd be remiss to say that Falcor has had a point about anything, I think one point he said it'd be cool if when you turn into chess, they might have a cosmetic in them. That's, a, that's not a bad idea. That's probably reference to what Mike Chapman said forever ago, how he had said that you'd be able to find stuff in chests that, that could include cosmetics. Oh, oh so, so Falcor just stole the idea. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I'm not saying he stole it. Fight I'm me. saying that the that the the precedent had been set back in like December of 2017 when they they kind of released a video that said like here's the gameplay expectation for Sea of Thieves and it had Mike talking a lot about stuff and how Athena's Fortune was going to be the end game and how that chests would be very uh, prized and that could contain uh, different things in them like cosmetics and whatnot. I could be wrong. I could be misremembering. It's been a long time since that happened no don't err on the side of falcon <laughs> that's fine Number five. events should be more visible the clouds anyway maybe you could see event clouds through the clouds maybe they're marked on the map too many times it's like does anyone see a world event is it behind the storm is it behind a regular cloud i just don't know hmm. i'm okay with that i'm i, I wouldn't mind I'd, I'd be good with that number four when a ship sinks, barrels with their supplies should float up, or the cooler option, the ship should become a shipwreck. Kind of a tangent on this one, we need sloop and brigantine shipwrecks. I am 100% down with you on this one. This is something that I know has been mentioned on the podcast, not only by myself, but also by uh, CJ Superpack. Uh, he wanted to have um, sloops and brigantine wrecks. Um, it's, it's something that... I don't know how they work out, like how that works, but uh, yeah, I know that that sinking a ship should have been a source of barrels of plenty for a long time, uh, especially if they don't have actual loot. Uh, the crates, I think, have kind of supplanted that in some instances where most crews generally have a couple supply crates and those tend to act as uh, resupplies um, if you haven't been in a long, long fight. Uh, but yeah, I, I I like the idea. The trouble is, is that you're constantly rewarding the winners of the of the match and there's not much incentive for people coming back to try and get their stuff back to easily yeah. supply or it distracts them as they're down getting your supplies you sneak up on them yeah i could see that too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that'd be a good way to go about it if they have to actually go down into the ship to get uh imagine imagine having to actually go down into the shipwreck to get the treasure yeah, of the ship that you I'm sank saying. And how exactly. annoying would all that be? All the treasure, all the loot, all the supplies, all where it was when it sinks. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man. People would hate that, though. People would be so annoyed with having to... Can you imagine, like, a three-hour uh, stock uh, or, or stacking <laughs> ship? And you're like, you want me to go do what? To get what? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No one would ever get anything turned in because they'd always be sinking each other and then trying to get the treasure. <laughs> Getting it. Uh, well maybe you could do it something like if the treasure is below deck it stays if it's on top of your deck it'll float 
everyone might actually put stuff below deck in the brig then maybe yeah maybe i'm glad that you number no don't even i'm glad you just agree don't even glaze over the fact that you just agreed that sticking treasure in a locked brig with a key that the captain gets would be an amazing idea if that were the case i don't recall ever agreeing with you about anything number three when you reach grade five emissary i think you should gain some benefit like the reapers do I understand that the reward, the reward is the grade five emissary quest and the Reapers don't have quests and that's why they have something else. I still think it's there's a cool design space opening up there. Some things, Tori and I just took some moments to brainstorm, but there's plenty of options out there. But the, some of the things we came up with was the gold hoarders can get a compass that points to the nearest loot. Kind of makes, makes it easier to find loot that spawn on islands better. Merchants can get a spyglass that they can use, and then when they look through it, they see lights coming from shipwrecks. You know, similar to how you see Reaper chest lights help you find shipwrecks better. Athenas can get a low chance that when treasure drops, it might be the Athena version. And Order of Souls, we had some trouble coming up one with that one. We thought maybe you can see skeleton ships on the map, or you get a special treasure chest to the dam that can hold skulls. Can only hold skulls, but it can hold more because we were trying to figure out like what's what's the annoying thing about order souls that you want helped and that's moving all the skulls so if you had something that can hold six that'd be cool uh but that one's the one we're least confident on tori had an idea like when you hold up the lantern you can see skeleton footprints to help you find the skeleton captains better on big islands you could play around with this idea at home and come up with all sorts of things but i think it'd be cool uh oh, oh another one tori came up with was x's visually on the ground for gold orders that would be interesting. Um, man, I just had a whole bunch of ideas pop in my head. I think an easy reward would be uh, once you hit grade five, uh, you can see other ships of that emissary on the map. Uh, the Reapers get to see all emissaries, but they don't know what those emissaries are. Once you read grade, reach grade five, wow, words. Uh, once you reach grade five with an emissary, you see other emissaries of, uh, of, of your type um and then can subsequently go take what they have or work with them and being able to sail over in alliance with them uh just as a tool for people to be able to decide something other than reaper to to fly the flag to go meet up with other emissaries uh the order of souls one that i thought would be interesting is we have the sunken captain uh in the game or the no excuse me we have the cursed captain in the game from tall tale one one of my early requests for order of souls voyages was getting a skeleton captain and then using that skull uh to take you to to, to treasure in the future uh, they did something kind of like this with the uh skeleton orders that now drop um which kind of takes that place i still think that having a skeleton actually talk to you like actually whisper like the sounds that come from a skull. holy crap yes Once you that would be so much more interesting than the treasure, the little notes, yeah. as if the skull actually talked to you and you, know, you could turn it in because it's, it's a villainous skull. Yeah. But if that skull could give you hints of how to find his treasure, that's way cooler than X marks the spot. Way cooler. Wow, that's an awesome idea, Logan. I love that idea. And I think the way that you would actually get it is uh, you hit grade five, but the only way you can actually commune with the skulls is if you're wearing the uh, Order of Souls curse where you have the Kraken blood eyes. Eh, to, to, uh, I, would, I would caution against having to do other things to get the advantage. I know, I know. I, I've... But I really like the idea of instead of instead of notes dropping from captains that their skull just tells you stuff. Yeah. And a tangent off of this, I think when you lower your grade 5 emissary, you should cancel out your grade 5 voyage. It's, it, 
it can be um it can be hard for like reapers like people only grade five for a very short amount of time before that goes away yeah i can see that because uh or how about the uh emissary voyage not rewarding emissary value uh but just earning the the additional gold and reputation that's an alternative way yeah because that way it takes care you would still you would still want to keep the grade five to get the 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 bonus loot from the emissary uh voyage if that's what you're working on but i think at that Mm -hmm. point you would have to supplement the 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 emissary value loss with higher value items so it would be worth it to hang on to the level five because you'd be getting better loot than you normally would even based off of the emissary uh bonus voyage knowing that you aren't getting the benefit of a second one afterwards because at this point it's basically people raising the flag getting to grade five dropping the flag raising it back up and then using the emissary voyage to boost it back up to five so you can get another emissary voyage and that's kind of a a positive loop yeah i agree i think we're coming at the problem with just two different answers yeah i think both are viable though number two the Glorious Sea Dogs Company should have a ledger. Of all the companies, you would think that the competitive-themed one would have the leaderboard. I, it's crazy to me that they don't have a leaderboard. They don't have the uh, ledger. It'd be simple. The silver you gain is your emissary value. and It couldn't be simpler. Rewards, I think, would, would be a great opportunity to bring the arena ship sets into the game, the flag, haul, and sails for each of the teams. That would have you set up for six seasons, nine if you do the two cosmetics and one title each season like with the other companies. Uh, I also think that emissary value for other companies should just be the gold you've gotten with that company. Why make it more complicated than that? Hmm. And I get it for like Athena and Reaper, you wanted to like cut it in half or whatever the reasons were, whatever. Just why can't it be as simple as the gold you get for turning in? Yeah, I could see that. I'm having a hard time remembering who the Sea Dogs are, though. It's all right. Their button got really, really small this update. So it's. Oh, it's the arena guys. I forgot they were in the game. You weren't joking? No, I was joking. (laughs) I was joking. (laughs) You've got a good straight face. I think you'd be good at poker. I'm sorry. I wanted to tease about Arena because I I know how how important the triumphant something. Or By the way, is. I did did I not call that that Arena button was going to get smaller? Yeah, you did. You totally did. And and I'm I'm eventually going to see the file size on Sea of Thieves drop at some point, and that's the day that I won't <laughs> ever have to worry about that reputation. Uh, uh, <laughs> but they should have a look. I, I do want to say though, I I I 100 think that arena should be brought to adventure. I think would add another element to oh. uh, competitive nature that would be fun. There's a lot of ways that it could go wrong though. Gross. I know. I'm weird. Number one. It would be superb, and I know that. Logan's just going to rain on my day. But I think it would be awesome if environments were destructible. 
Think of all the wooden structures and rocks and shoreline and sand and dirt you've hit with cannonballs to see that stuff get altered and exploding and breaking and destroyed. Uh, that that would be awesome. How how that isn't in a game that has cannonballs is crazy. I don't know how they would f- do it, uh, but I love it. I love the idea that because at this point servers are kind of on a timer for the most part. Most people generally uh-huh. they're on a timer. They're they're going to get reset at some point. Um, servers come up and come down all the time. I think it would be really cool if you could actually do destructive stuff to to buildings to structures to things like that um logan you surprised me i thought you'd be like the game can never handle that oh the engine that's how you sound by the way i don't know if you ever noticed you sound different in your head but you listen to recordings you sound like i that. sound surprisingly uh, like uh, my uh, I'm, I'm so surprised you were all for it cool 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 no yeah i, I think that's, i don't know how they do it i really i really have no idea how that works out but i i genuinely think that it would be nice knowing that you know, at some point servers are going to get reset. Uh, it, it was, it was the thing that I wanted back when curls curse sales came out. Um, I wanted ships, uh, I wanted I, the idea behind curse sales when I was thinking about it before we knew what it was actually going to be was that, uh, the skeleton ships were going to attack the outposts and much in the way that you defeat fleets in Flameheart, you would have to attack the ships that were surrounding, uh, outposts and that, Outposts would be completely in uh, uh, uninteractable until you took care of the outposts, and they would only be attacking one outpost at a time per sea. So there was always another outpost that you could go to if you really, 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 really wanted to get rid of what you had on your ship, and then you wanted to go do the event at the other outpost. And then at the outpost, once you defeated the ships, you would then have to board the outpost and actually take down skeleton fleets. Uh, or skeleton uh, waves that were actually threatening the lives of the vendors. Um, With that kind of a a concept in mind, I would love for something like this to happen where you would, the the vendors would then have to repair their buildings. They would have to uh, slowly start working on, you know, fixing up the damage that was done to their, to their buildings to, to, to actually, you know, like repair the doors or, or fix the broken glass um, to, you know, repair the roofs and, uh, and things like that. Uh, there's so much opportunity for destructible uh, environmental set pieces in the game that I think it'd be really cool to see what that's like to, to breathe a little more life into the outposts, into the islands. Um, you know, maybe you, you fully anticipate going to smugglers Bay and using the bridge that's up at the top for some reason, because it's there and you want to, but you can't because someone uh, was there. And now that we have the way to cut lines uh frayed lines with your sword you can actually cut them or shoot them and have them break away i think it'd be great to to start utilizing things like that for like bridges if you wanted to cut a bridge to cut off a route from uh skeletons that spawned on the other side you cut the bridge and it drops they can't cross over it and you're free to go the other side things like that i think would be great for the game i think it would be really hard to implement but that's not my job Mm mm-hmm yeah, I love the idea. Like, that's great. Cutting off dirt paths to shoot a cannonball through that bridge. Ain't no bridge. Yeah, no bridge. Can't come. Sorry. Bye, Skelly. And that's my list. Awesome. I think that was a good list. There's a lot of stuff that I that I am down for 100%. I think they're, they're great things that could be brought to the game over time. I think it's just a matter of, of sussing out the details and testing out the implementations and bringing it to the game. But, I mean, as evident from 
you know, stuff that we asked for in the past. It's just a matter of time. And that's always what rare ever, uh, it's what they always say. They always say it's just a matter of time and resources. If they can put it into the game and they have the time to do it in and they work it into the story, they'll do it. And that's kind of one of the things I love about this company. Um, Caleb, was there anything else that you want to touch on for this specific episode? No, thank you. All I want to touch on is, is a thank you for letting me come back on the show again. I had a lot of fun talking about this stuff with you, even talking a little bit of lore. And, and I'm looking forward to, you know, getting outside my comfort zone next week and, and talking a lot about the lore. Thank you for having me on. And, and uh, you have a wonderful show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, is there anywhere that you wanted people to go check out your content? Because I know you're, you're still out there putting out podcasts and whatnot. Yeah, if you want to listen to any of my shows, go to www.tblazer.net. That's the letter T, blazer.net, for a couple of role-playing shows. Awesome. And I'll have links to that in the show notes. Uh, Pirates, we covered a ton of information this episode. Tune in next week when we dive into the actual Tall Tales. Uh, I felt like I wanted to make sure that the update was covered for folks that are new to the game, may not be aware of patch notes or changes, or even just cosmetics that we got a chance to talk to. I can't wait to dive into the Tall Tales. We're going to have a blast. It's uh, a lot to talk about and a lot of lore and threads of, of information that I think hopefully people will agree with me on once I kind of put it all on the table and, and show the different pieces and connect the dots and you all come along with me on this uh this adventure but pirates with that thank you i love you and i look forward to sailing with you in the sea of thieves Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast.